Y'all ready for the word? Now, on Wednesday night, what are we even talking about? Anybody even know? Well, that was pretty close. That was close. What are we talking about on Wednesday nights? Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Ghost. They were never supposed to be, quote, unquote, done away with. God wants you to have them. I thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you, I, I, got all, I got hundreds of stories of times that God has given me something by the Holy Ghost and helped me through a really, really tough time, whether word of knowledge, word of wisdom, whatever. Just, I just thank God for the Holy Ghost. And um, I, I feel sorry for people who don't know him. I really do. I, I always think to myself, how do they make it? Man, maybe they're not. Tonight, I want to talk about the gifts of healings. Now, um, this is going to be an odd. This Tonight might be a little odd because I'm really going to talk about healing. I want to talk to you about how simple it really is. And talk to you about the gifts and what people think the gifts are and what they're not. So I want to go over that and show you how to walk in health as opposed to always trying to get healed. A little different. And so because of that, I want to show you what it is and show you what the church thinks it is and show you uh, where, where it's used. Amen. Father God, as we get in the Word tonight, I have a lot of things written down that I want to say, but I know, I know in my heart there's a lot you want to say. So we just commit this service into your hands and ask that, um, that we just follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. We walk out of here tonight knowing a lot more how to walk in the health that you died to give us in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 12, 9, it says to another. Well, let me, let me back up a minute. Let me, let me go over verse 4. There are diversities of gifts with the same spirit, differences of ministries with the same Lord. Diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. But to one is given the word of wisdom, to another through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge to, by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings. And I want you to look at the word gifts is in, in the plural and healings is in the plural. By the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning the spirits, to another different or diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one in the self-same spirit works all in all, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, as we, as we, before we get into this, I want to show you something that causes a lot of confusion. Whenever people come to you and I, and they come to me more than you, and they've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, and they've never spoken tongues. And they're always quoting this scripture I'm going to read to you right now. I want you to notice that what I just read to you are the gifts of the Spirit, kinds of tongues. That is not being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. You, but but here's, the, here's the thing about that. You, you wouldn't know that, and you can't know it. And this is the best illustration I can use. There are, I, when I sit down with couples and they're going to get married, there are things I talk to them about they don't know anything I'm saying because they've never been married. A month later, when they come back, I go, they go, you know, that didn't make any sense, but can we talk to you about that, you know? And uh, it, this is the one where you're going to talk about uh, love. And oh, we, we're, we're, just, we're so in love. I go, you know, come back in a month <laughs> um, when the goo-goos wear off. So, you know, there's just things that you don't know because you don't know you don't know them. And so until you're filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues, there's, it's, a, it's a world that people have never been in. So how can you know anything about a place you've never been? And, and people don't know anything about it. They read it and go, well, I think this is what it means. Well, you can't guess. Okay. I read a book one time about him, and a man was, was on talking about on child raising, and he never had children. Well, I didn't really read the book. I read the first page. And I stopped, and I went, yeah, trash, and threw it in trash. And my sister came to me and said, did you ever read that book? And I said, no. She said, it's a very good book. And I said, no, it's not. She said, yeah, it is. I said, no, it's not. I said, he don't have kids. If you don't have kids, you don't know how you don't you, you have a you have a, an opinion, but you don't know nothing about raising no kid. Do you have some kids? So the same thing is true 
with speaking in tongues. You know, if you don't never done it, you don't know nothing about it. So I want you to jump down to verse 28. God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues are all apostles. The answer is no. Is everybody a prophet? No. Is everybody a teacher? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Does everyone speak with tongues? No. He's not talking about your prayer language. He's talking about a ministry gift to the body of tongues and interpretation. Do all people have operate in the gift of tongues and interpretation? No. So you take a scripture like this, do all speak with tongues? No. So not everybody's supposed to speak in tongues. So I'm a Christian, I don't speak in tongues, and I have a scripture proof. No, you don't. Because you, you just took a scripture out of context. Okay. Now, so when you're back over here in verse 10, it says, To another work in miracles, another prophecy, another discerning spirits, and other diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, those are ministry gifts. It has nothing to do with your private prayer language. So when it says, do, do you have a tongue? I'd rather speak 10,000 words in a church than tongues unless there's an interpreter. He is not talking about praying in the Holy Ghost during the service. He's talking about giving out a message in tongues that should be interpreted. Now, the reason that makes no sense to people is because until you speak in tongues and operate in the gifts, they don't make sense. Now, I told you all this one time, and you all need to hear what I'm saying. When I went and wanted to learn to fly airplanes, there was stuff in the book that didn't make sense to me. I got out and got the VOR out, and I went, ah, that don't make no sense. I'm reading a book that might as well be Chinese. And so I went out and got an airplane, fired up, flew off, because I needed to experience some stuff so I would understand what the book was saying. And I had an instructor with me. When I came back down, I went, that's what that says. I got that right there. Okay. Because there's things you don't know if you've never been there. So that's why you'll hear people outside of this church, you know, very kind people, loving people, ignorant people. And they'll say, well, the Bible says I'll speak with tongues. The answer is no. Well, they just took a scripture, pulled it completely out of context, and trying to make it say something it didn't say. Amen. Okay. Well, y'all understand that. So we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit now. Let's come back up here to the word gifts of healings. We all know and understand that God wants you healthy, right? All right. Um, boy, I should have read it a while ago. Let, let, hold your place right here and let me, let me read something to you. Um, so that I can back up what I just said to you. In the book of Ephesians, don't, don't go there because you'll just slow me down. In 4, it says, And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You notice that, in, in, that over here, it does not mention the word evangelist, and it doesn't mention the word pastor. That's something that's very, very important for you to get. Because it actually does mention the office of a pastor, and it does mention the office of an evangelist. Now, 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 go back over to 1 Corinthians 12. Pop it on the screen. I want to see it. But it doesn't call the person an evangelist, and it doesn't call them a pastor. It's, it's going to give you the ministry, the supernaturally gifting. Now, now listen to what I'm going to say. We're going to talk five-fold ministry for just a minute here. All five-fold ministry are in they're equipped with supernatural giftings or they're not called. That, that'll fix a lot of mess. Or they're called and they're not obeying God. Are y'all out there? Because the, the giftings are supernatural. The office of a pastor there is no way to do this without the grace of God. Impossible to do it. 
because without, without the Holy Ghost talking to me, I wouldn't have any idea what I was doing. That's why I would revert to a plan of my own. And we would have programs, but there would be nothing supernatural about the church. And that's why we've walked away from the gifts of the Spirit. God wants me as the pastor to be able to supernaturally help you because you don't always tell me everything that's happening. I'm going to get into something in just a minute here, and I'm going to show you something. When it comes to the gifts of healings, there are times, and I don't, I don't want to freak you out. It's not freaky. It doesn't happen all the time, so I don't want you all to walk around going, ooh. But very often, because I'm a pastor, I walk up to someone, I can tell you where you are spiritually. Not, not to be condemning, but to help you with where you are in your walk with God. I don't know that about everybody, but, but it happens a lot. I've walked up to people before, just tapped them, and I can tell you where the born again, filled the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues. I have to have it. I, there's no way to do the job if you don't. It has to be supernatural. Now, that's different than, the, than people in the, in the congregation operating. So, so when it says the gifts of healings, listen to what I'm going to say. That's primarily the office of an evangelist. Why would that be true? Doesn't the church need healing? Sort of. See, this is where this is where we have to make an adjustment in our thinking. We're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're watching Jesus. And we're viewing ourselves as a bunch of sinners. The woman with the issue of blood is not a Christian. There's nobody in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John even born again. God uses, and and we can name names if we're not being ugly. Benny Hinn is an evangelist. I know some of y'all called him pastor, but he's not. You listen to him preach. He's not a pastor. But he's a good evangelist. And the gifts of the Spirit operate because it's a calling card for the lost. Why is that? They have no blood covenant. So God... Because of compassion for the lost, he puts an anointing on men to take care of people who were not even saved. But that gift was really not intended for you. Because you're the healed. Let me give you the best illustration I can of an evangelist. Evangelist is the guy that runs around town giving money to people on the side of the road. But if you have a job, you don't really need a can. You you know, that's not a way to make a living. That's, That's just mercy on someone who has no covenant with God. So that's the reason why when you go overseas, you want to gather 100,000 people. Advertise there's going to be healings. The sinners will come in droves to be healed. They will hear the gospel and be born again, and there will be gifts of healings. Now, what about the church? And we get into that. Are y'all okay with that? It, it, because you, all right. Let me let me let me prove let me prove this to you. <laughs> uh, Acts eight one. Does that mean that God never? No, it, it, no, no, it doesn't mean he never. Are y'all okay? God's not so stupid that he would never use a gift. But I will tell you, you will see it way more on baby Christians than you will on mature Christians. And that causes people to think, well, he doesn't care about me anymore. Well, he does. And I'm going to show you how he how he wants to work with you. All right, Acts 8, are y'all okay? All right, because if I show you what it isn't, it'll really help y'all because, because I'm not being a meanie when I stopped having healing lines for people who've been in this church for 30 years. You're not getting anything anyway. You're not going to, he, it ain't happening. You're full of the life of God. 
you should be getting other people healed by now. That's why in the book of James says, are any sick among you? But yet the church constantly calling in an evangelist to evangelize the saints. And Benny Hinn has a meeting. Every, every, every Christian in Orlando will be in the meeting. Not a sinner in there anyway. There might be a few. Trying to get healed. Boy, I'm going I'm to help us, but you have to let me help you. 8-1. Now Saul was considered the death and the great persecution rose against church was in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions, Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him. And Saul was made havoc of the church. He entered every house dragging off men and women committed to prison. And there were those who were scattered when everywhere preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria preached Christ to them. The multitude with one accord gave heed to the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Say, that's awesome. Okay. Now, let me read 26. Let me, let me just jump down here. Let's go to 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Arise, go down to the south called Jerusalem to Gaza. To Gaza, This is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of her treasure, went to, was going to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah 53. And the spirit said to Philip, Go near and, over, and overtake the chariot. Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he says, Do you understand what you're reading? He says, I don't have any idea what I'm reading. And so he sat down and he said he was reading his lamb before the shadow of the evening. And so verse 34 said, the eunuch asked Philip, says, ask him, who's the prophet talking about, himself or another man? And Philip opened his mouth and began the scripture and began to preach Jesus. Philip is an evangelist. I'm going to prove that to you. Acts 21.8. I'm not going to turn there. Pop it on the screen. And on the next day where Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and extended and entered the house of Philip the what? The evangelist. Three people know it. And, and, and one stayed with him. Philip was called by God to be an evangelist. Now, now let, me, let me help you with something here. I'm, I'm not taking away from the fact that the anointing is on you as a Christian. That's a different subject. Every one of you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And every one of you at times will have a stronger anointing on you. And I'm going to talk to you in a minute about how to do it properly. But the evangelist... God is not giving you an anointing to heal while you have a bouquet business. Uh, oh, here, let me prove it to you. If I stood up here and said, yeah, you know, the government gave me an F-16, but, you know, I, I really sell donuts and work at Dunkin' Donuts, but, but I have an F-16. No, you, no, the government didn't give you an F-16 while you work at Dunkin' Donuts. If you're not full-time, you're not anointed. To, with the gifts of the Spirit. God is not wasting the anointing on you working at Dunkin' Donuts. Boy, that y'all exciting to preach to. There's, you know how many people come up to me and say, well, I really have, was prophesied over that I have a gifts of healings. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're, you're called to be an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Go get people saved. But, but we have a major here in the army, and I can tell you right now, you're going, before you drive the tank, fly the airplane, you're coming up through the ranks. They're not, they're not, you're not going to boot camp and hand you a tank the next day. No, they're not. Neither is God. There's a price men pay to be in ministry. And, and it's, not, it's not easy. You, you think Navy SEAL? You wait till God calls you in the ministry. He will put you through the ringer. And when you pass the test, he'll put you in ministry. And most of the time, he'll start you off as a youth pastor. You're, you're coming up through the ranks. You, you starting off buck private, baby. And, and, and then one day God will call you and say, I want you to go do this. But, it, but I can guarantee you what, it wasn't when you were 18. Woo. Benny Hinn's not a little boy. John G. Lake's not a little boy. John Smith Wigglesworth's not a little boy. Kenneth Hagin's not a little boy. These are men and women. 
And so the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm talking about the fivefold ministry gifts. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about there is an anointing on you to be a Christian. See, a policeman has a car, and he has a gun, and he has a, and you, now everybody on the planet can have a gun. That doesn't make you a policeman. And just because there are times you lay hands on people, they fall out in the power and get healed, doesn't make you, an, doesn't make you a fivefold ministry evangelist. You're an ambassador, and you're a born-again Christian, and that's, and that's nothing to sneeze at. Thank God. There are men who are called to be a businessman. You can still lay hands on the sick. But don't start confusing this because this is why there's a massive confusion. Okay. Philip was an evangelist, and his job was not to get people healed. It was to get them saved. Y'all look at me. We're going to go over real slow now. The, the gift is to go get people born again. Not when you, the reason he does, God does that is it's called mercy. I'm going to have mercy on you. you. You're a sinner. You don't deserve it. I was a sinner. Walked into an Ernest Angley meeting. God healed me. I ran forward and got born again. But, but God never used an evangelist to heal me again. Y'all see that? So, so what happens is we start, we start looking at the gifts of the Spirit we start looking for them in the church, and we think that God is going to use that office to get you healed with. He's not. Now, if you're a baby Christian, he may. That's why some of y'all are like, man, it just don't work anymore. I just don't see the, all, the gifts of the Spirit operating in our church like they used to or like they should. And so there are churches out there that the pastor is pretending like he's an evangelist and he's gathering all the sinners from the community and he's down dumbing the gospel so he can talk to a sinner where they understand him. But, but the Christians in that church, if they call it a church, it's a crusade. And it's got a lot of people in it and you think it's a big church, it's not. Y'all see that? It's a big, it's a big crusade. People come in, they get born again, they get healed. The next week it happens again. People fly from all over the world. And we call it a big church and call the God a pastor, and he's no pastor. He might be an evangelist. Or he might be a pastor who's trying to, trying to grow a church by acting like he's just, well, see, if, when you do that, you've you, you got to down-dumb your message because you've got to preach Jesus every Sunday. And what's happening to the church? I could name some names of churches in Texas where they're really big, and, and, and the guy's no pastor. So that when you hear a pastor, you're like, oh, you don't sound like so-and-so. No, I don't. Neither does your mama. Your mama don't sound like a coach at school at all. The coach says, man, you want to make it, you got to work harder. Your mama, you come home, you, you, your mama says, you better brush your teeth and get your studies or you ain't going to play football ever again, boy. You understand me? I'm your mama. So the mama cares about the kid. The pastor cares about the people. And he's, he's out to, for, to grow them in Jesus. Amen. Okay, that's the difference. All right, and it's nothing wrong with it. I've been around, when, when I get around pure evangelists, I irritate them. I, oh, I do. When I was overseas with Kevin and Leslie, I looked at Kevin and I said, these men have no pastor and their lives are messed up. And they're like, well, they're, winning, they're getting people saved. They might be. But their marriages are falling apart. Their lives are falling apart. And all you're thinking about is the whole world's going to hell. Well, isn't that the most important thing? Well, yeah, to you. You understand? Here's an evangelist talking. Here's a pastor talking. And we're having a fight. <laughs> and y'all see that. So, so this goes on all the time. This is nothing new. All right, go to, chapter, go to James chapter 5. I want to show you something. How is the church then supposed to be healed? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that question, even though you didn't. I, asked, I showed you what question to ask me. Now I'm going to answer the question you just asked me. Come on. The other day, I shouldn't say the other day. 
uh, actually it wasn't the other day, it was in, in the last six months, I had a man approach me and he said, Pastor Morgan, would you pray for me? And I, I did my pastor's notes on it this morning. I'm eating dinner in a restaurant. And I, I did the pastor's notes and I want to show you what I said. Because when I was with T.L. Osborne and Kevin McNulty down in Barranquilla, Colombia, someone came up to T.L. and asked him, would you go to a woman's house and pray for her? And he said, no, I won't. I was shocked. Here, this mighty man of God could be like Jesus. I want to go. Watch him do his stuff. Wave his lawn. Get her. He said, that's very rude. I went, that's not rude. You need to have more compassion. I was up. I didn't tell him that. You don't tell T.L. Osborne that. But I was really upset that he didn't do it. And then, I, and I didn't understand it for a while, but, but I do now. He said it would take me, I don't know this woman. It would take me hours to find out. I don't know where she is. Listen, this person that came to me, listen to this. I don't know what he knows. I don't know what he doesn't know. I don't know whether he knows righteousness. I don't know where he is spiritually. Now, I'm going to say something to you all right now. You listen to me very carefully. We shouldn't be seeking healing. We should seek health. If you're a born-again Christian, it is possible to never get sick and be healthy all the time. Very possible. How? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Not in the center. He's inside of you. And the reason your body is sick is because your soul is sick. If you're, see, you're, you got God in you and your body's falling apart. Something is major wrong. So because you're, you need to grow up and let God move through your spirit and into your flesh and keep it healthy. But it's not going to happen until you get your mind renewed to the Word of God. Now, I don't mind walking up and praying for somebody, but I'm going to tell you what would happen. He'd get healed, and three days later, he's, he's going to be back in the same mess again. First of all, he don't go to my church. I don't know, what he, I don't know anything about this guy. Go ask your pastor. Well, my pastor prayed for me. Well, why didn't you get healed then? Listen, you're making dumb decisions all the time, and then you want me to pull out a magic wand, wave it over your head, and do the hoobie-joobies on you and get you healed, and you're too lazy to even read your own Bible. And that's most Christians who are seeking healing and they think they're going to meet somebody with an anointing that's going to override their disobedience. It's not going to happen. That's good preaching, y'all. Now, I just, what I just said, 999 tenths of the Christians on the planet have no idea what I just said. Because they think, Benny Hinn made a statement one time, and I'm not criticizing, he just, he's, I'm driving down the road and he says, most of the people who get healed in my meetings, most, the sickness comes back, most. He said, why that is, I don't know. And he's not a pastor, he did not know. And you think, well, he's got an anointing, he's supposed to know. Just because you have an anointing, don't mean you know anything. That's hard for people to understand. But he's a good hearted man that loves Jesus and he's anointed. I think God blinds evangelists so they just see the world. I don't think he does it on purpose because if he cared about the church, then he'd stay home. So I think God just kind of puts blinders on the poor dude. You got a whole world going to hell and I got to go. And he goes and preaches, but he can't be, he can't, but they got to get in a church. When they get born again, they got to get in a church and get underneath the pastor and start growing in God. Well, yeah, okay. Y'all are getting this, aren't you? The life of God is in you. And, and the, the condition of your soul is going to be the condition of your body. And if you'll grow in God and learn who you are in Christ, like I'm preaching on Sunday morning, I'm the righteousness of God. If you'll get over condemnation, you know, I'm not talking about just sin, but just condemnation. The devil heaping condemnation on you, and you didn't do anything wrong. You just, you're just under condemnation because you're ignorant. You're not even a bad person, but you're sick because you're depressed. Wow. 
80% of your sickness has to do with your spiritual condition, not the food you're eating. Well, that, that'll hair lip bear creek. Why do you think that the joy of the Lord is your strength? A merry heart doeth good like what? Are you serious? Medicine. Yeah, medicine. Get happy. <laughs> Learning about righteousness will get you healthier faster than any other subject in the Bible. Because now you know, I've been made one with Jesus. I am washed in the blood of Jesus. There is no judgment on me in Jesus' name. That causes joy and peace and life inside of you. And it causes you to be happy, which causes you to be healthy. And your body naturally recovers because your soul is no longer sick. So what happens if you come to church we lay hands on you? Well, it's very often the life of God will go in you and drive that thing out. But honey, you can't just keep staying lazy. You got to get in the Word of God because the Word is alive. You got to eat something living. You are what you eat. I'm talking about just your body. I'm talking about your spirit, man. You are what you eat. So there is a lifestyle that goes with health. Oh, boy, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. I'm getting this down. James chapter 5, verse 13. Anybody among you suffering, let him ask somebody to pray for him. No, do your own praying. Is anyone cheerful? I'm happy. Sing a song for me. Have you ever asked anybody to sing a song because you were happy? No, then don't ask anybody to pray for you when you're having a bad day. Do your own praying. Well, I don't know how kind of pastor are you. Just no compassion whatsoever. That's not a drop of compassion. Is any among you sick? Even to ask the question, we should say the 99.9 of you that are sick, call for the elders of the church, let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer what? And say anything about the evangelist. That's a complete different the prayer of faith, faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to lay our hands on you, and we're going to pray the prayer of faith. You can do that as a Christian. You can call for the elders and say, I want you all to, I'm coming in Sunday morning, but have, come up there, I want you to anoint me with oil, and we'll anoint you with oil, and then you get in faith. You get in faith. This is done because Jesus took it for me. Jesus paid for this, and it belongs to me. Pastor, get in agreement with me. It's mine. I say, it is yours. In Jesus' name, we'll get in agreement, and you'll recover. But in the meantime, back at the ranch, I want you to continue to grow in God. Wow. Y'all getting this? The prayer of faith will save the sick. Not the prayer of hope. The prayer of faith. If, if, if you didn't get well, then you didn't pray the prayer of faith. You pray the prayer of faith, you will get well. If you pray the prayer of faith, you'll get well. Faith is always based on the finished work of Jesus. Faith is not God. Is I was prayed for and I am believing God for my healing. Then shut up, you ignorant thing. You're not in faith. Listen, that's, I'm going to get on to you. You're not believing to be healed. You, listen, I'm going I'm to go back. Let's, let's go back in history. Let's go back in history. Let's do a little history lesson. Rosa Parks was on a bus. And someone says, You're gonna, you, you need to get up and give your seat up. Move to the back of the bus. Was, did she have a legal right to the front seat? Yes. yes. Did she win the Revolutionary War that day? No, it was, it was already her seat. Yeah. You, when you got to get this, that's her seat. Yeah. Get it. It's her seat. She already has a right to sit anywhere she wants to. Amen. And so she said no. And they locked her up. So when you say no to the devil, he's liable to lock you up. 
but you're not trying to win the revolutionary war. You're sitting in the jail going, I am already free. I already got rights. I'm an American citizen. You can't keep me in this jail, you sorry, good-for-nothing man. You are letting me go. Am I right? Somebody, come on. That is faith. That is faith. I've already been healed. You don't have the right to keep me sick. Shut your mouth. You're not keeping me in this jail. I'm not going out. I'm not going to die. You have no rights over me. I'm already the hill. What do you think you are? It's already been paid for. And if you don't do it that way, you don't know nothing. I'm believing for my healing. Well, just shut up, you ignorant thing. You don't know squat. I love Rosa. I'm going to meet her one day. That's the best illustration I've ever heard in my life about faith. It's been her right for years. But someone stood up. When are you going to stand up? Having done all to stand, stand. Have no right to put this on me. You have no right to put this on me. Who do you think you are? Well, who do you think you are? You call yourself ill. Oh, I'm going to read the document to you. It says right there on the hill. Yeah, but how do you feel? Rosa Parks, not, they say, well, you look bound to me. Just because I'm in jail, baby, don't mean I'm bound. I am a free woman. You might have me in jail, but I'm a free woman. Do y'all get that? When the devil locks you in a jail cell called the flu, and you're not trying to get healed of the flu? And the lawyer can't help you unless you stay in faith. Holy Ghost is your lawyer. But the minute you get out of faith, he has to walk out of the courtroom. I thought God was going to heal me someday. I'm going to use a number, now y'all ain't going to like it. 999 and 9 tenths of the Christians have no idea what I just said. They're dumber than rocks. And most of them are graduates of Raymond Bible Training Center. Just because you went to school don't mean you know anything. Just because you took a test. Everywhere I go, I'm believing for my healing, I'm believing for my healing. Well, I ain't believing for squat. I already am. And I'm anointed, and I'm blessed, and I'm prosperous, and I have the wisdom of God, and I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. And with long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Hallelujah. I'm a, you understand? I can say it better in tongues than I can in English. Does this make sense to y'all? So why in the world would I need Benny Hinn? You, you don't. I'm trying to help you. Now, if you're a baby, if you see a little baby and he's hungry, feed him. He's a baby. He's a baby. And God will heal babies. But the ones that you've been in church 30 years, he ain't doing, you, he just going, holy go. You may fall on the carpet, but he ain't going, you just, just, just get your big, ugly, lazy self up off the carpet and go back there and get your Bible out and start learning who you are in Christ. Praise the Lord. <laughs> See, I told you this is going to be different because I ain't really preaching on the gifts of healings because, because there are people who really do have the gifts of healings. And there are times when God will anoint you and say, I want you to lay hands on that person. Well, you know, uh, we have a guy in his church, Monty, been coming back. And Monty said to me about a year ago, he came over and he said, and he said, does, does, does what you did to me happen to everybody? And I said, Monty, what happened to you? He said, well, remember when I was in the hospital with a coma? I said, I remember you were in a coma. He said, you came in there and laid hands on me and prayed for me. He said, they checked me out the next day. Where was his faith? He didn't have any. It's just the anointing God. God just blessed him. He's just ignorant. But I'm guarantee you right now, it ain't happening again. Hallelujah. So are y'all getting this? God didn't leave you. You left him. <laughs> Your soul, your soul. First Thessalonians 5.23, turn over there. Are you all out there or did you go home? Come on, I'm preaching better than you, amen, and I'm getting hot as all get out. Now, see, on Sunday morning, I do everything in my power. You understand, I have a room full of, uh, of new believers, baby Christians, carnal Christians, 
mature Christians, rebellious Christians, obedient Christians. And how in the world do you get a sermon that fits everybody? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> and so when I'm talking to the babies, the, the, the mature ones are going, yeah, baby, hallelujah, give it to me, Jesus. I'm going, I ain't even talking to you. So when I'm getting on the mature ones, the babies are over there going, ah, he's beating us. I'm not. <laughs> Where's First Thessalonians? Just forget it. I'll just leave it out there. Now may God sanctify you wholly, completely. And may your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants all three parts of you saved. But, you're, but now, go to, now go to 3 John 2. 3 John 1, 2. Go to 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you'd prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Soul ain't prospering, forget it. Now, now the next time you're laying in the hospital, you're going, I don't know nothing. Plead the blood. <laughs> Ask God to forgive you for not doing what he told you to do. Work on health all your life. When you get sick, call for the elders of the church. Don't, don't live in condemnation because you missed it. And you went, Pastor, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but I'm a Christian and I'm just sick as a dog. Well, come up here. We'll anoint you with all. But, but, but listen, use your faith. Just get, under the, get it under the blood. Say, God, I, I don't know whether it's something I did wrong. or And most of the time, I did anything you did anything wrong. You're just being attacked. And sometimes you need people to agree with you and hook with you. That's what your church is for. Now, see, we'd still do it the way Brother Hagin did it in a crusade. This isn't a crusade. This is a church. That's why when Mark Hankins comes, we do crusade and we pray for people and get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Whatever, whatever you need from God, the anointing's here. And God will bless you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you get sick, call us up. I'll be there Sunday with someone, you know, at the end of service, Lisa's, please just stand up and say, I, I, I need some prayer today. Get out the oil bottle. Right there. It's been there all along. Probably the oil's in it about 20 years old by now. But I need you to get in faith. I need you to open your Bible and say, Heavenly Father, I'm going to go up right now. They're going to lay their hands on me, but according to the book of James, and because of what Jesus did for me, and me and my pastor, or me and Pastor Lisa, or me and, me and Catherine are going to get in agreement, and right now we're going to take authority over this mess in Jesus' name, and I'm the healed. And then just come up and get healed. But listen, don't rely on Catherine to do your praying for you. Am I okay? Y'all ain't mad at me yet. Well, then I'm out. I haven't working very hard, okay? <laughs> Ephesians 3.20. See, you're not a sinner. I had, I had the Lord get on to me one day really, really, really bad. And you all understand I'm going to use the word Catholic because the Lord used the word Catholic. And I don't, I'm not mad at Catholics and I don't think Catholics are going to hell. They're just... <laughs> Just, just, don't, just don't get your feathers ruffled because I'm going to use the word Catholic in church. When I'm driving down the road and I'm headed over to Publix one day and the Lord said, you know, you're no different than a Catholic. And I said, that is a blow blow. I cannot believe you just called me a Catholic. Now, this is my definition of a Catholic. You call for the saints to talk to a, a Mary to talk to Jesus to talk yes. to God. Right. And I said, God, that's a low blow. I do not believe that I got to talk to a saint to talk to Mary to talk to Jesus to talk to God to get anything. Mm -hmm. I said, that was just, you, you, should, you called me a Catholic and I just don't appreciate that at all. <laughs> and then he asked me a question. He said, then why do you teach people to call you to get to me? I said, yes, I do. 
Y'all, we all, we, pastors have been taught to do that. And yet, brother so-and-so has special anointing getting his meeting. Oh, baloney. You have a special anointing. You're not a stepchild. Are y'all out there? You're, we, we, we have to quit treating you like your stepchildren and your sinners. And start treating you like your sons and daughters of God. I don't have the right to stand between you and God. All right, I want you to read this. Now, to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think, according to the power that works in Benny Hinn and the pastor. Do y'all understand? I'm not trying to divorce you from me as a pastor. I'm a pastor because that's what I am. There's an anointing on me to pastor you. But the anointing is not to stand between you and God. It's to teach you to walk with God. Do you, I don't want you to look at this again. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly about anything you want, according to the power that's already inside. Healing, there's enough healing power in you to blow the planet up. And you're walking around with God Almighty inside of you. Are y'all getting this? Yet my job is to teach you to walk in the Spirit, renew your mind, because that stupid head of yours is screwing you up. If your head is stupid, you're stupid. And if you're stupid, Satan's going to take advantage of you because you're stupid, and you're blocking the power of God that's on the inside of you. But once we get you to teach you who you are and what belongs to you and what is, and, and, and get your soul saved, then we can get the flesh saved. And that's what we do every Sunday and Wednesday night. I'm trying to get your head screwing on right. Show you what the Bible says. And, and we, we all have things to learn. I mean, I, now, now there, there's the not who you don't know in Christ. And, and then there is the stuff we do. Pouting. Pity. Pity. There, you, there, there is no faith in poor me. I've been mistreated all my life. Satan's biggest, man, he will get you on a pity party. And you'll come in going, I didn't treat me right in that church. I came walking in there and nobody gave me a hug today. I can't believe I tithe in that place. I sat down and even the pastor come walking by me and act like I wasn't even there. And I'm going to tell you something, I'm just hurt, hurt, hurt. You're also sick, sick, sick. Because the devil got you tied up in a knot. And when you go home and go, God, please forgive me for my pity party. Love is patient, love is kind. Hardly notices those things I was talking to you about. And if God is for me, who could be against me? Please forgive me. And the power of God will start flowing in your ugly body again. <laughs> Ask me how I know that. I ain't preaching to y'all. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I have done this stuff. Boy, the devil loves to get on us and get us all twisted up in a knot. Your marriage may be keeping you sick. That woman you gave me never cooks meals for me like she used to. Well, learn to cook. Can I tell you all a little secret and y'all don't get mad at me? Because I'm a prophet, and I see in y'all's houses. I do, I do. You know what the word clamor means? Loud quarreling. It ain't because you a Puerto Rican. It ain't because you Italian. It ain't because you a Yankee. It's because you carnal. Amen, that's right. Well, my family just loud. Well, your family's a bunch of... Carnal Christians is what they are. And you're going to be sick as a dog all your life until you stop it. Yes. Amen. Oh, 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 
Well, that's why I'm here. And ask me how I know that. Lisa was listening to Kenneth Copeland the other day. And the Lord spoke to Kenneth and said, Kenneth, you're my son. And I love you. But I don't like you. This was years ago. And, and Kenneth said, that's a terrible thing to say to me. He said, you're too mean. You're mean to people. And there was a time, y'all remember, remember years ago, Kenneth Copeland was rough as a cobweb. He was rough. You know when it ended? When God told him, he says, I love you, but I don't like you. you I don't, he said, I am patient. I am compassionate. He said, you don't act anything like me. You want to walk in health? You can't be mean. Well, I got, and I'm going to tell on me. Because I just got on y'all, and now I'm going to get on me. One day, Mary Fran called me off the side, and she says, you're too mean. I said, Kenneth means. She said, he repented, now you repent. And I said, I, I remind her of that sometimes. I said, you remember the time you got on me? She goes, nope. She says, I forgave it and forgot it. I said, you sound like God to me. I'm glad. I said, I didn't forget it. But you know, there's times that people will say things to you. It's for your good. So anyway, the ones of you that I was watching you in your, in your kitchen, the, the, the matter of fact, it was in the kitchen and the dining room that you guys were fighting. You know, there's times I just look at people and I see stuff. I go, I don't want to know that. <laughs> but now I say it for your benefit because, you know, Lisa and I have never had an argument ever. Well, there was one time, there was one time she really made me mad. No. How are we doing? I better just slow up now because I got a bunch of scriptures here. But, I, but in the Bible, you'll notice that everybody that ever got anything from God, he went after it. Let me come back to this guy I ministered to. I was in a restaurant and he walked up and went to pray for him. When I, when I walked up to him, I knew his spiritual condition. And I knew he was carnal. And I also know that he does not study the Bible. And he wants me to pray for his healing. And I, and I just looked at him and I said, and I, I said I'm going to pray for you. I said, but when you get home, I want you to get these apps in your phone. And I want you to get in the word. Now, that was a word of knowledge. I didn't look at him and say, I just had a word of knowledge. You are carnal. I didn't do that. Because God will quit using you if you do. But this is a baby Christian, and he's been in church over 10 years. And he don't know anything about who he is. Just goes to church. Are you all okay? Now, now he's, what he has is not, it's, not a, it's, it's easily healable. He's seeking healing, not health. He's not seeking God. That's kind of where I just, that's, I, was, I was home praying about this and this whole situation came up. I wrote my pastor's notes out of this. The church, you and I are supposed to be walking in health. We're walking around with God in us. You, you just start praying and walking with God. You just walk with God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace and joy has more to do with health than you'll ever dream in your life. I can tell you something. You can laugh yourself to health. When I went to see Don Colbert one time, he says, you need to go out and get some red skeleton tapes and just laugh, start laughing. Because he looked at me and he said, you're too uptight and you need to laugh. I said, I paid you $500 to tell me to laugh. I could have got that out of my Bible. I'd have to come see you. Are you all out there? Did you go home? But the condition of my soul was causing me to be sick. I was, I was stressful. I wasn't casting the care on the Lord. I was upset. I was mad. You all okay? And I had, I had to go work on me. Now, I needed healing, but, but it wasn't coming until I got some I got some stuff straightened inside of me. I wish above all things you'd prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. We're supposed to be the healthiest people on the planet. 
And it's very possible for us to be. Now, you say, well, you didn't preach much on the gifts of healings. No, I didn't, did I? So I'm going to close with this one thing. If, you, if you're called, they'll operate through you. Go preach the gospel. And, 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 and they're valid. And there are times as a born-again Christian, God will anoint you to pray for somebody. That doesn't necessarily mean you're an evangelist. Now, everybody should be out preaching the gospel. Everybody. So there are times, more or less times, that God will use you to minister to people. Just because you cook doesn't make you a chef. Just because you pray for people and they fall out in the power doesn't make you a prophet. Boy, I need to get on that one. The people who think they're a prophet because they had a prophecy. I'm out of time, but this stuff is messing the church up because you've got a lot of baby Christians. I'm going to close with this. God never sends a buck private to prophesy to the general. Just remember that and you'll always be good with me. The things people do are just crazy. People come up and prophesy, Pastor, the Lord showed me you're going to die next year. I said, well, you lying devil, come out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm fighting for my healing, and you're over there prophesying I'm going to die. Shut up, you foul thing. You shut up your mouth. Dumb nut. Okay. <laughs> the gifts are for you. Now, I don't know whether you all have any questions. I got three minutes left, and I don't know what to do with them. I let you out early. I, y'all, y'all are going to think it's going to happen every week. <laughs> Was this helpful? Yes. Do y'all understand why there's been confusion in this area? There has been a lot of confusion because baby Christians think that that's kind of like what goes on and it should every Sunday should go on. Not necessarily. Now, we were talking about apostles, prophets. An apostle is someone who starts works. And they very often operate in more than one office. They'll operate in a pastor and an evangelistic office at the same time. But they're usually out starting a new work where there's no church. And those are things that confuse people because they think, well, so-and-so operates as an evangelist and a pastor. Well, he's probably in Africa right now or Europe or Alabama. Places the heathen are. <laughs> Catherine, I don't know how to close this. I'm just. Let's just pray then. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, it is your will that we walk in health. And I pray right now that, that, that we walk out of here tonight understanding that. You haven't, you're not, you're not, hind, you're not keeping anything from us. Because the evangelist is not for the church. And gifts of healings, it's because we don't need the gifts of healings. We're Christians. We're believers. And and Father, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were not Christians. I pray that we would walk out here and understand that. But but yet there is healing for us. It belongs to us. And we should walk in it. There is the elders. There is the prayer of faith. And as a born-again Christian, we should learn to walk in the light of what you gave us in our blood covenant. It belongs to us. And Father, I'm not saying we're all here with each other. And if one one is going through a hard time, we certainly will pray with them. But then there is a requirement that we should continue to grow in God. And, And I just pray that everybody in here tonight understands that. And sir, I give you praise and honor and glory. For everything done tonight, if there's someone came in sick, we just agree with them for their healing, for total healing of their body. We just, I just as a pastor, I just buy, I just come against sickness in this room in Jesus' name. I come against you foul spirit of sickness. Go from this place. You have no authority here. You have no right here in Jesus' name. Does that help y'all? Well, that that should fix a lot of confusion. If it doesn't, we'll come back next Wednesday night and we'll see if we can fix your confused self a little more. No, I love you guys to pieces. 
I don't ever want to preach something where you walk out of here and feel like, well, we can't go up there and get prayed for again. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can always come up here and get prayed for. Nobody's going to condemn you. There's times that I've, I went to Lisa and said, baby, you've got to lay hands on me and pray for me. I'm not getting it on my own. I'm not ashamed of that. There's just, I need her and I need people. But, but I'm going to do everything in my power to walk in health to the best of my ability. And then when it comes time that I need some extra help, I, I'm not ashamed to call someone and say, lay hands on me. But I'm not going to expect you to do my praying for me. Y'all see that? That's where I'm trying to make a differentiation tonight. Hallelujah. Y'all are blessed. Hallelujah. Well, it's 15 after. Now I can turn you loose. God bless everyone. You have a great night. I'll see you back here Sunday morning.